Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for listening to Knockin' Doors Down. Brought to you by KDD Media Company. The yes and people have now converted to the trolls behind the internet. So people who create fake accounts because they're so obsessed with you and they want to just either knock you or like become you. And really ultimately they want to become you. And it's very scary. Or they just want to knock anything because they are so miserable with who they are as beings that it's a sad shame that they have to live in that existence. And really like the turmoil and the darkness that comes out of that is so like I don't get I so it doesn't serve me in any way so like I don't even want to go to that direction so when certain people get hurt about things that people are saying like I don't get as hurt because I have more thick skin mm-hmm. like I don't I mean people said every like say what you want I mean, like people say I'm not sober because I was on housewives like that's not true like you know what I mean like the one thing I work harder than anything in my world in the world is my sobriety my me being alive today inside the 5150 studios this is knocking doors down a podcast speaking with celebrities experts and everyday people about the adversities they've overcome including addiction, mental health issues, traumas, and more. Your host, Jason, here. And, uh, hey, I've suffered from alcoholism, some childhood trauma, sexual abuse. My co-host over there, Uncle Mikey. What is going on, people? Well, yeah, he's had some shit as well. Yeah, what are you going to do? Our guests, yes, plural, on this episode of Knocking Doors Down, Tim Ryan and Jennifer Jimenez. One of my favorite Hollywood couples. <laughs> they are so awesome. Of course, you might know Jennifer Jimenez from uh, Sober House, uh, also uh, celebrity rehab, of course, with Dr. Drew Pinsky. She was in the movie Blow with Johnny Depp. We get into a little bit of that. And we talked George Jung. And Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And Tim Ryan, you might know from A&E's Dope to Hope, as well as, of course, their podcast, Dope to Hope Podcast. Awesome people. Great conversation. Really insightful stuff. And... A shit ton of laughs. Yeah, this is a fun one, especially uh, Blow being in my top three favorite movies. To speak with someone who was in it was a treat. And we thank you guys for listening to the Knocking Doors Down podcast. Again, available on Spotify, Apple Podcast app. You can leave us a five-star rating and a review there. We would definitely appreciate it. Google Podcast, iHeart, and of course, by going to kddpodcast.com. That also has the link to the YouTube channel. And hey, help us out. Share with a friend. That's how we continue to grow. Share our stuff on social media, whatever it is. And of course, all those links in the podcast description. And, of course, we can't do Knocking Doors Down without 5150 LTM swagging us out wherever we go. So if you see our social media posts on our YouTube channel where we have the full videos, you can see that we are wearing 5150 LTM gear. Isn't there a promo code? There is, Mikey. It's pretty simple. Use KDD20. What? KDD20, that's KDD20 at checkout when you go to 5150LTM.com. Sick. The Knockin' Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. 
All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. This episode of Knocking Doors Down is brought to you by Recovery in the Middle Ages, a podcast about two middle-aged suburban dads in their pursuit of life, love, and recovery. These guys are hilarious and informative, and they're brought together by their common struggle. Mike and Nat get to know each other's addiction story on air and realize they have more in common than they thought. Find Recovery in the Middle Ages on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, and MiddleAgesRecovery.com. That's MiddleAgesRecovery.com. You know who really shocked me was was Jeff Conaway, because we were in treatment together. I was in treatment with a lot of people, so Jeff was there. We were fucking so tight, Mm -hmm. and we kicked together. I mean, like, everything. Wherever you want to (laughs) sit. And, and, you know, he was like my coin-out guy, my anchor, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then I go to Celebrity Rehab and I speak Mm -hmm. when they're doing the first season. And then... um, he didn't even know what his wet brain went so bad in like a few years. So it was two and a half years sober. So yeah, in two and a half, I, like he was like, "Have I seen you before?" And I was like, oh, "I mean, we kicked together." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we were like, it was crazy. And I, that one kind of hit me when you realize how bad in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the progression, or two years, or whatever. Well, that's got to be fucking tough, like, you know? Yeah, we're all good. Especially for you guys, you know, that was one of the things, and and watching it, oh my god, Janet, we watched Drug Celebrity Rehab. I'm like, yeah. And, oh, we used to feel, used to get so much shit when you were doing the sober house, but it's like the people that you guys have lost, it's in the fucking public eye. It's not like, we've, we've lost friends to this thing. I actually just lost a friend to addiction, and it's like, but it's not out in the public eye, but then your friendships, it's out there, and it's like... Look at who's reaching out to you right now. That's a piece of work. <laughs> no, that's crazy. Your camera's are rolling, just an FYI, guys. <laughs> no, okay. yeah, I didn't know if you wanted that confidential. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I didn't say anything. No, no. Um, you know what's crazy is... Are we start, have we started? Yeah, just go into it. Oh. Let me take off my gum so that I'm not like... <laughs> Sorry, I'll cut the angle right there. I'll close up on us when you took the gun. Okay, good. Um, thank you. Wait, I feel bad. No, wait. Just give me the okay. damn gum. Thanks. <laughs> it's gone. That's love. That's what were you love. just saying about... It is. Um, what were you just saying? So, it's the, you got, I mean, for you, and I know for Tim as well, of course, the, the people that you lost with addiction is like in the public eye. It's out there. It's like, motherfuck, you know? You know, can I say something really quick? And by the way, we bicker and we cut each other off, but it's all out of love. Like I said, Um, I listen to your guys' podcast religiously, (laughs) so I know what I love. We keep it as real as possible. Yeah, you got to. But, you know, the thing with that, I love that question that you um, asked right now, because I feel that recently I lost my stepmom. And um, when she passed, she passed from cancer. And when she passed, 
I cried, obviously, and I felt the pain. And she was like, and then I kind of stopped crying. And then I held it together. Right. And it was so easy to do that. And it scared me mm -hmm. at that moment. And we had talked about it because you, a lot of times you become jaded or numb in order to protect yourself, especially working with people that are in, that need addicts and alcoholics and people with mental health. When you hear that they pass or you know a family member, it like, it's so heartbreaking. And I'm an addict. I love addicts. I work with addicts. I really have to keep this real. You married it. And I, yes, I know. Well, I love that. And I, you know, there comes a point that I feel like I've been questioning lately, like how much more can I do in this field? I'm always going to be an activist and an advocate, but I want to be happy and have like a little bit of time of not dealing with someone's death or like the importance of trying to get someone into get help or go and take them to his 12 step meeting. Yeah. You know, that's a lot. And I know how to do it in the 12 step program. And that's different than what I do for a living, but it's right. so hard because I hear, I, as I'm thinking about this, I'm just thinking about innocent people that are not in the public and not, let me say this again, cut that part out. <laughs> it's so hard because as I'm speaking right now, I'm thinking about people that are not in the public eye that I've lost people from addiction and, and mental health. And it's, it's become so hard at this time to constantly swallow it. Like that's a human being in a life. Yeah. And there's so many people associated with that around them. And yes, there's a part of me and them that I want to help, you know, but like, also I know that I can only do so much. Like I, I have a family now. I have a husband, I have a fan, you know, yeah. I have, Personal, I have friends and beautiful stepchildren. And yeah, amazing. But, but, but don't, don't you think it's why we get like I, I was listening to your guys' episode. I'm pretty sure it was when you had uh, Sizemore on, and I was with a friend of mine. I'm like, I love this podcast. We're gonna hopefully talk to these folks soon. And you're talking about where you're shooting up in an office, and you pull out early, and the blood hits yeah. you. See, and I'm fucking cracking up like laughing. He's like. Dude, that's not funny. It's like, for us, it is. You know, we had <laughs> we, two, two guests we had on. It was Tom Sizemore and Jay Moore. And, you know, Jay Moore's talking about, you know, he's 200 days sober. He's doing a comedy yeah. tour straight out of rehab. I have not laughed as hard in a long time interviewing both those. But the three of us, Jen and I and Tom, were talking. And, yeah, she hung herself in the psych ward. And she's got shit on herself. And can't control our bodily functions but we have to laugh about this because if we don't i mean you just get stuck in that and mm -hmm. you know you you would ask we're in the public eye and death and you know my son died on my 21 month sobriety day i never in a million years came out of prison and said i want to be a recovery activist that's my dream i went back into the recruiting space and I started a support group, and then I borrowed some money from my mom and set up a nonprofit. And I stumbled into working into treatment, and Nick died. And then I'm on the front page of the USA Today newspaper. Well, that was before, and the Sun Times, and this, and I just went with it. But then my son and I used to get high together. Then I went to prison. Then when I got out, I was 13 and a half months sober, and I spent the past eight months trying to get Nick sober. Six time in treatment, yada yada. He died. But then the hate. That, oh, you killed your son. What do you mean I killed my son? The disease of addiction did it. Oh, you're the guy that got high with them. And just this whole industry, this recovery thing, I thought I'd get in an industry where I want to help people. And our nonprofit, we help thousands of people. Never had any employees, gave away all the money except for operating costs. And 
the hate with that. And it's like, you just want to help, but it takes a toll. I've been to 150 funerals. I quit going to them. Um, And then the parents expect you to be a savior. And it's like, I just guide and direct, you know, but it's getting to the point, as my wife said too, I might take a step back from this and just speak and do some other things. This journey ran its course, but it took a big toll on me too. And thank God Jen came into my life because I was in the middle of my second divorce and I want to blow my head off. You know, I'm speaking everywhere. I'm working in treatment. I'm at the top of my game, but I had a void inside because mm-hmm. I couldn't say no. I couldn't turn off my phones. I got to help this family. I got to help this family. And I want to partner with a female. Then this beautiful bombshell pops <laughs> into my life. And we've been following each other. I reach out to her. Social media. I don't know why I'm just, but this is a great fucking <laughs> no, I was going to ask how you guys met so I'm, I'm doing all these speaking events. I'm doing 250 a year. But what's happening is a community event or whatever, I'm having all these women come up, spew their trauma, and I'm like, hold on, I'm just a speaker. I'm not a therapist. I'm like, I need to partner with a female. More with Tim Ryan and Jennifer Jimenez coming up. Uh, You'll hear some of the funny things that uh, Tim does to antagonize his wife as far as jokes when she's out in public and they are on speakerphone or FaceTime, plus those fun random questions. And uh, Jennifer leaves us with some very inspirational words that uh, can definitely help us all. Stick around. 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road. That road you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. So listen up. There's a special deal for listeners of Knocking Doors Down. Go to 5150LTM.com and enter code KDD20 and receive 20% off your purchase. That's 51FIFTYLTM.com. Recovery in the Middle Ages, a podcast about two middle-aged suburban dads in their pursuit of life, love, and recovery. Host Mike and Nat brought together by their common struggle of addiction. They get to know each other's addiction story on air and realize they have more in common than they thought. They discuss current topics of interest to the recovery community, including 12-step, alt-recovery, the newest medical research, and with honesty, humility, and a lot of humor, talk about their daily struggle to maintain their recovery and anonymity in the world of soccer moms and PTA meetings. If the neighbors only knew. Find Recovery in the Middle Ages on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, and MiddleAgesRecovery.com. That's MiddleAgesRecovery.com, a proud sponsor of the Knocking Doors Down podcast. So, Blow, tell us about George Young. You met him, right? Yes, I did. I did. So, okay. So, I get Blow 20 years ago, and, uh, and then some other blow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love somewhere the peanut blow, not in the end whatsoever. Whatsoever. Well, we can talk about how the cocaine came on the set. Too. I guess we, where that came from. So there was that actual cocaine be. on so, set. Okay, when, not on set. Okay, not, not on set. Set because right. there was not. It's milk thistle, and the reason why people these, always ask what it is. And normally it's B twelve, but it be milk thistle looks the most purest to cocaine, sure. and that's why we. And Johnny Depp looks like somebody who would use real coke on a set, though. Like. 
doesn't really get into his <laughs> because character. of his character. Not because I of how he looks physically, but just like he's you know like he looks. I'll, I'll what tell is you that this. method acting? Is that what that's yes. called? Yeah. I'll you're, tell you you're this. asking the wrong person. So Johnny's sitting right? there and he's very quiet. He's, he's the sweetest <laughs> guy ever, and he's really sweet. And so we're rehearsing. All of a sudden, like this is just a rehearsal. The first time I'm on set, all of a sudden I see him and he moves like this and. He starts transforming from his face and his voice. And I'm watching like Fear and Loathing and yeah. like Edward Sit. I'm watching all the characters come and I'm like, this is so crazy. Like, and all of a sudden he's George and they just start snorting and milk, you know, milk thistle right, and, right. and uh, apple cider, which was champagne. And we're just, and my character in real life got pregnant by uh, George, right. uh, Johnny Depp's character. Uh-huh. So we needed to establish this. And all of a sudden, Jordy grabs me, he's like, throws me over and I run into Johnny and Johnny grabs me and he starts kissing me and I'm making out with both the guys and we're like doing coke and, and you know drinking champagne and I'm like this is a fucking life but in my head I'm like holy shit I just made out with Johnny Depp and Johnny Maya oh my god to be honest I make out with Johnny Depp yeah. <laughs> I, I expect a method so right. I'm trying to stay in care but I'm freaking out like the little Jenny me like, <laughs> like you know like trying to do that exactly. um, Tim you're not like moving on Moving on, next topic. Here's the problem with Jen and I. I get interviewed, she could answer my interview word for yeah. I can answer right, her. Right. But what the interesting thing is, based on who's interviewing, things get pulled out that I haven't heard. Yeah, before. you've never heard this. I was Before thinking about that. that. I've never and, talked about this moment. You know, this whole, we could do eight hours just yeah. on, on blowing Boston George Young. So sure. 20 years sure. later, I get a call. Oh, before, 17, 16 and a half years later, I get a call. George had gotten out of prison. Um, three years ago, three and a half three years Three and a half years ago, yeah. I get a call that he needs help. My manager, it was very Hollywood. My manager, my agent, uh, my, my lawyer, they email me. They're like, you want to read this email? And it was a friend of his reaching out saying he needed help. Mm-hmm. And if I could meet him, I was in Florida. I fly out. Only my mom, my best friend at the time, I didn't know Tim, knew that I was going to meet George Young. He was in San Diego. Now, mind you, he's the last living legend of those that time, mm-hmm. like the Pablo Escobar days. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm really gonna meet like, a, like I'm gonna meet him, like what the hell? I'm freaking out driving, I get there, and he's standing out, he's standing at the door, he had been waiting for me, and it was so cute, like a you know little father, so this is so sweet, and I'm like, I see him, and I'm like, am I seeing George? Like, I mean, I seen Johnny, because all I remember is Johnny, really, right? And he's like, princess, the way Johnny would do it. And I'm like, George? Is that you? Like, I didn't, he's yeah, like, yeah. and then he opens the door, and I'm looking around, and he's like, what's the matter? I'm like, are we cool? Like, are we cool? Like, no one's going to shoot me, basically. Right? <laughs> and he's like, listen, if any of this makes any sense, I was an honest outlaw. And I was like, okay. And we fell magically like it fits so perfect and I spent 15 hours there and then I had met Tim over the phone and I had wanted to protect George at that time I didn't want anyone to expose him yeah you, know, you don't but, you trying to help someone like that word gets out yeah, it's all imagine, like, oh, yeah. yeah so I after talking to Tim for a little while a few like, so when we so, we got together and she tells me about George so expedited story we fly out to San Diego and we go down and meet with George I've met a lot of fascinating people and billionaires and celebrities. I've never met anyone like Boston George Young. Mm-hmm. To to hear the and I'm I sit back, but I would ask him over three or four days, I'd ask him the same question. 
And every time it would be word for word, the exact same answer. So I'm like, this guy is, he doesn't bullshit. He, he's straight up, but the stories and the stories. But the most intriguing thing with George was it's a Saturday night. We decided to take him out to dinner in San Diego. And it's myself and Jen and uh, Roger, Roger, who would live with George, was a former veteran, great guy. Um, so we take him out to dinner in San Diego, nicest five-star steakhouse we can find. All the waiters are in tuxedos, and I'm noticing waiters coming up and recognizing, oh, my God, it's Boston George Young, and they're literally bowing yeah. and worshiping. Literally, him. I swear to you, they are bowing. You couldn't make this up. One of the waiters had done 22 years in prison, and, the fact, and he said, George, there was two prisons you were in. I came right behind you, but we were never together. And this guy was involved in the Pizzagate scandal out in New York yeah. with the Genovese the crime Iron. family. Yeah, I think yeah. it was the Genovese. They were shipping heroin and cocaine between Italy and here and pizza mm -hmm. stuff. Well, anyhow, George knew the people that were involved. And he's like, what about so-and-so? And he got murdered. And But it answered all George's questions. And it was just so surreal. Then we're going to leave the restaurant. When you got to go downstairs, it took us five hours, five. no exaggeration, Not to get out of there. There was people walking from six blocks, other restaurants, because word got out Boston George's in this people coming How to they buy recognize shots him was and crazy. This. And even like the next day, just walking around in public with him. I've never, I've seen, never seen anything like it. We, I, we, we, I have a lot of. I mean, I've been around the. I mean, I've been around. Pres we, I mean, obviously, presidents are different, but like. I mean, he, but, but yeah, George. So we're something at like no other. I'll tell him we're yeah. at dinner, and Jen gets up to go to the bathroom, and George is right next to me, and he said, "Tim, take your glasses off." And I take them off, and he oh, he says, was so grab protective. My, he said, "Grab my hand," and he's holding my hand, and he says, "I just want to ask you a few questions." He says, "My princess, you love her." I said, absolutely. So what's your decision with my princess? I said, I'm going to marry her and spend the rest of my life with her. And he said, I hope you do that. But mark my words, if any harm comes to her whatsoever, you'll be dead in 24 hours. That's fucking terrifying. <laughs> and he said it to him up until probably a couple days before and, he died. And, and, and every, that's somebody you believe. George... Became family. I mean, we talked yeah, almost every. I cherish, you know. We were with him. A I, lot. We were with him. Tim, you're so. a cool fucking customer. I'm gonna be like, all right, babe. So this motherfucker just ripped my. I know. <laughs> you're amazing. So, so here. Well, I kind of don't want to die. I, 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 but this is off. like the real deal, guy. Too. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, like it I saved him. Yeah. It's so perfect. Let's see what George said here. Oh, oh wait, no. You know, George, you call and. Keep it on. And take care of that fox. Take care of that fox. <laughs> Never make a pretty woman your wife. <laughs> you ought to be happy to rest your life. <laughs> but I've got all these voice messages from George. Wow. And I mean, that guy, I get him all. He was like father. Right? Yeah. Friend. Yeah. And we were on the, the phone. The love for her, he had him. We had all the, he wanted to do speaking events with us. And we did one a couple of years ago in Illinois through my nonprofit. And a couple of my board members were in the cannabis industry. And it was a cannabis cup and it was money raised for my nonprofit and veterans against opiates. A lot of veterans that did uh, marijuana and stuff. And George spoke there and just captivated the place wow. and the people and got drunk and went off and went <laughs> to this guy's museum with a billion dollars, dollars, a billion dollars worth of private cars. 
and we're in this private museum. And George just starts going off. It was, but it was just Amazing. George. I mean, we yeah, don't. You just you don't know what you get. Well, I mean, yeah. or you kind of knew you were going to get just George. Right. Like but you know, it was the fun we had, and it was it was short lived. A couple the years, stories, the stories. My goodness. And I would ask him. He said, "Do you got to understand?" He said, "I worked for George Bush and the CIA." He said, that's who we worked for. That's who we brought the cocaine in for. He said, we used to fly it to Venezuela, put it on the oil rigs, and the U.S. Coast Guard would come pick it up. What? I mean, it was, they used to smuggle drugs in John Wayne's trailer yeah. across the Mexican border. He flying on planes with, he said, when I first met him, he said, do you know who made, made us, made cocaine famous? You did. I go, I did? What do you mean? He goes, Hollywood. And I was like, oh, what? Yeah. He goes, that's how we knew we could do it. And the people that were on his private planes when he was flying across to go get marijuana and other things, it's my The list goes on, but yeah. yeah. But, you know, one of the things that I found very interesting um, hearing through George in the last three and a half years was that we asked him, "Would now knowing everything that you know, would you have done anything different? And he said yes. He said I would have never done it. He said, "Really?" He yeah. said, "When I met Pablo Escobar, he was moving one to three kilos a month." He said, "When I got done with him, we we're moving ten thousand tons a week." He said, oh, "I like to smuggle drugs. I like I taught myself to fly. I did it for the money." He said, "When Pablo started blowing up airplanes and embassies and killing judges, I walked away. I wanted nothing to do with that." But he said, in hindsight, I didn't realize the damage and destruction. You know, George was a college football athlete. Once college on a full scholarship, got injured. Him and him and his buddy Tuna packed up and moved to California. Never he, saw weed. Never, never saw a girl. Weed, never never s- saw a girl in a bikini. Never saw any of that. <laughs> Can you imagine? Until he came here. And built a... Uh, All the scenes are literally playing in my head. <laughs> oh, I mean, I can tell you so much. I mean, like, there is so much. I mean, I wish... Of course, because it's a movie. Like, the original script is... There's so much detail and there's so many things that obviously were cut out and stuff, but very informative. Um, the things that got cut out, unfortunately, you, you know, the, the sad fact was too. George wanted to do a documentary and we we're going to do a documentary and get them sober. And he wanted to do all this mm-hmm. stuff, but he had signed away his life rights to some lady right, right. and we couldn't do anything mm-hmm. with them. And he wanted to do so much. And then we got to figure out, we could do these speaking events and signed it away pre or post prison, post prison. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Signed away. So his, sad. And it was, yeah, but anyhow. That's still so banana sandwich. It's like, how am I, as a living human being, not my own intellectual property? Like, how the fuck does somebody take like, That's crazy. Take, it's my bodily when it's that crazy, happens. I don't yeah. sign shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> George was one of the most fascinating people I've ever met. The cool thing is, you know, when Jen came into my life, and I didn't want to move to L.A., and I love it here, and we live between Florida, but a lot of people that I've been able to meet due to her, some great, great people, man. Mm-hmm. Some True. cool people. And if you're in recovery, the recovery scene out here is nothing like I've ever seen. And uh, it's just cool, man. Yeah, it's like, a trip for me because, like I was telling you guys, having worked in radio for 20 years and now people that I used to hang out with, and now they're active in the community here. You're like, you yeah. know, it's the Rock to Recovery program. Sonny Mayo's in sure. there. He was sober when I met him, but... I used to be with the Seven Dust guys like this, oh, you, really? know? you know, and so it's just like it's a trip to, to see that, but yet so wonderfully encouraging that it's kind of like, yeah, we, we can fucking transform and, 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 you know, it doesn't mean our problems go away, but we learn to fucking manage it and we might still want to blow our brains out or hang ourselves, yeah. but we don't. 
Like, yeah. We've got coping skills. I yeah. want to touch on what you said too. When George told you that Hollywood made cocaine famous, when I was doing it, it was because it was presented to me and I wanted to try it because I just had a curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I've tried meth before and all that, but I just felt dirty. I didn't like meth. Yeah. I did it. I love cocaine. With coke, I, I loved it because you could be shit face hammered, you do a line of coke and you're back to normal. Mm-hmm. Well, what's normal? If you were right. shit face hammered first. Wait, right, 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 right. right. I was just saying that. No, no, no. Right. Yeah, true. But I felt like, no, cocaine's fine because it's the champagne of drugs. Hollywood Hollywood does it. It's fine. So I didn't feel as dirty. You know what I mean? So like George, he did it again, man. He was right. (laughs) That's just, it's crazy. And I just wanted to touch on that. And the second part of that point Mm -hmm. is that George also said, you know, all this stuff with the war on drugs, which there was never any war on drugs. They were the one like, you know, helping them out, like creating all this is that he said where all this went wrong was at home. And he said, you know, when I was a kid, we'd all play in the yard. I did something wrong when I was at my friend's house. His mother would slap me. Like, I would thank thank you, rather. You know, whatever. He's like, now you can't even say, you know, stop. You know, and And me too. Like, thank God. I I now know. I was so loved as a kid. I really, I was so loved. (laughs) I had a good family, you know, and that's, I think, what helped me get Sober, sure. you know, like stay sober, others stay stopped. But there's so many dysfunctions. Every goes home. Back to I get home. it. We're all dysfunctional, but it all leads back to home. It all leads back to childhood. Even my issues today, a lot of it leads back to childhood, right. you know? So, um, and it's people to talk about it now more. And, yeah. you know, that's a cool thing. A lot of the circles we run in, like Lisa Link, we're interviewing her the other day, and she was straight up. She's like, look, I, I struggled. I had issues growing up. You know, we didn't get into details, but, you know. But we all have has. issues. We all have issues. All and it's not like, oh, maybe we know. We all have issues, period. Mm-hmm. And we can all overcome our issues as well as get better from our issues, yeah. you know? And I think we learn to kind of dance with it. Like, you know, I, I think for me... The, Becoming aware of my defects, where they come from, like me, traumatic childhood shit, home of an addict, lineage of addiction, lineage of sexual, you know, all yeah. these things. And it's like, I'm more aware of my defects, so it allows me to be more honest. Like, my two biggest things was, you know, was toxic relationships and booze. And I came from toxic relationships and drug, you know? So it's well, like. It's interesting you bring that up because even now, one of the things. God, I hate putting her on a pedestal because I, I hear about it. I don't hear. No, he never hears about it. I'm like shocked every One time. One of the things so. about two years ago, two and a half, Jen said, you know, if you talk to a therapist, because I literally got out of my second divorce, was in the, I wasn't looking for a relationship, but we fell in love. And so I started talking to a therapist and uh, fuck, John's the greatest thing I ever did. And this was at the time I'm, I'll be nine years sober in a couple of weeks. Um, so I six and a half, seven years, so whatever. But I'm thinking I'm going to talk here, and he takes me this direction. But having a therapist has been the best thing, and me being adopted and molested, and older brother beat me up, and all this shit. One day, I never had an issue being adopted. My older brother found his biological mom. My little brother and sister did. I didn't. I, I knew I was adopted. My mom did. Well, then my therapist goes and says, well, as a child being raised in a womb for nine months and then being ripped away and handed to somebody else, how does that make you feel? Mm. A little bit of abandonment? 
like, wow, I never looked at it that way. Put it that way. But the point I'm making is he's given me tools. And Jen will say, honey, this isn't about you. But have you ever looked at it this way? Or let's talk here. And she takes her years of wisdom and trials and tribulations and does it to benefit me. And we do that. And that's what's cool about where I'm at in my life today. Mm-hmm. And my wife said in her life and things have changed and this and that and reinventing and doing this and changing some things and life is good. Yeah. You know, I, I literally go to, what do I say every time there's an issue in life? This beats present. I'm not living in a prison cell. I'm not. I don't know what that's like. I don't want to know what that's like. You know, a nine by eight foot cell with big perk, and I ate out of a box under my bed. Yeah. And you know, I don't have to do that anymore. So, and I can do prison, but uh, I like what I do today. (laughs) Hey, I'm telling you, your book makes a whole little hell of a lot better now. You know what? We fucking complicate shit. I made it so difficult. What people need today is real talk. Quit babying people, whether it's it's this topic. I'm mad at Dave Chappelle because he made some gay jokes. Come on, I've got tons of friends that are gay, bisexual, transgender. It's a joke. It's comedy. You know, let's lighten up a little. Let's have fun. Well, I think that in life right now, we're at a place in this world where we need to lighten up. Yeah. And I think that we need to try to force a smile at times. If we, we take have to. ourselves way too fucking yeah, seriously. Like, what like do you laughing do? At I'll, I'll hear you in the morning and I'll get up and I'll be like, what? But she's talking to herself. Yeah. But she'll be doing her hair and I love you and I'm going to have a great yeah, day. Yeah, or thank you. So you know, talk, I start talking. Yeah, yeah. In you know. the morning, the first thing I say is thank you, God. Thank you, thank you. And I start thanking anything that I see. Yeah. And it changes the, the vibration. Because yeah. with what we've done and you get a lot of good, but you get a lot of hate too. Yeah. And it's oh, it's okay. an, I've never, I just have, I've have, having people message me now. I'm getting Facebook messages from you. Another account's been set up. So, you know, people just always want to yeah. poke the bear or whatever. Yeah. It's like, my life doesn't suck. I don't <laughs> I get to wake up to this every morning. Yeah, okay. Fuck all you guys. Yeah, cool. yeah. Cool. Who that, leveled up? I did. You for, didn't. For you win. I had to wake up next to this this morning. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You go fuck yourself. <laughs> I had to wake up to this guy snoring. Yeah, right. But now you bring up a good point. That's kind of the shitty thing for in certain situations with people, you know, you guys on a larger scope than maybe us or with art too is people forget that and someone like with stand-up they're doing their art form and yes it's attached to their name but guys this is an art form i remember going and seeing i think it was todd glass fucking a long time ago and i'm like man that joke like i forget what it was you killed it and he's like yeah i don't even agree with the joke i just knew it would be funny and he's doing a fucking performance. It's like, you've done many a character. Yeah. I went to school for acting. I played, I did a scene from, uh, God, what was it called? Blood, Blood Simple. I did a scene. I'm like, I was a fucking murderer. Yeah. And I was paying to kill. Like, you yeah. think I really want to go? But right. it's like, this is fucking art, people. Yeah. You're yeah. taking it a little too serious. And art can be thought-provoking. It can be controversial. And all these different things. That's what it does. It invokes emotion. 
you know, and it's like. And the problem is people want to react too much or instead right. of kick so back. So that's how I feel about like speed. I just, like, hang on, let me clear something up really quick. I woke up next to this because we're in a hotel room. Yeah. 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 So I just wanted to make that clear. We're at a hotel room. In a king size bed. And we're together. We're sharing a hotel room. That's why I woke up. And as you were. hands are very soft. I just wanted to clear that up. Just wanted like, wait, they, they wake up. We're at a hotel room. Mikey rubs lotion on my skin. Or you get the hose again. I do gotta say it's interesting because people are like it must be hard for Tim like when I talk talk about my past like stories right not like my recovery thing but stories of my life and it's not because it bother me no I I know but like I also people go god you can hear him talk about ex-girlfriends or whatever and I'm like we tell story I don't really I don't know his past like I don't know him I don't care like it's so and he knows I'm doing that as an art form. I mean, like, and there's, you know, like... You fell in love with him as he is today, and you yeah. fell in love with her. You yeah, know so, I mean? yeah. You know, I never... I, I didn't want like, like to. A lot of, I got a buddy Mick. I, in, I got a buddy Mick in Australia. <laughs> right, right. And anytime I'll post a picture of Jen, he'll be like, boy, I don't know how the hell you leveled up, but keep going, brother. <laughs> and my close friends will, TR, how did you pull this one off? And it's like, I didn't pull anything off. I wasn't looking. Honestly, it was strictly business. She didn't know I was in a divorce, maybe, until right when we met. But it was No, I knew you were going through a divorce yeah. the last couple of I weeks. I didn't ask any personal questions. Sure. I literally were. flew in yeah, to meet her. Right, right, right. And she picked me up at the airport and gave me a hug. And it's like, we're instantly connected. And I knew four hours later, I looked at her. I said, as soon as this divorce is over, I'm marrying you. And she's like... <laughs> Maybe you should go sell yeah. your oats, play the I was field. like, finish I, your divorce. I said, <laughs> I don't, talk about I'm not looking to sell my oats. I said, you know. Yeah, then I was like, dude, looking. go, go. And he's like, no, call me dude. I was like, go, I don't sell know your oats, do the guy yeah, thing. I don't even. Yeah, it's a slow your roll, right? Yeah, yeah I was like, yeah, no. Well, because, I don't, I'm don't. i curious. Like, for me, like, for either you, like, I meant it. Like, I think my number one addiction was toxic relationships. Oh, more so. My picker so. was broken. My picker yeah. was broken my whole entire life. And let me tell you, I have done, I don't believe people change unless you change. And in order to change, you must do the work. You can't say, oh, they maybe have changed three months later, two weeks later, six months. No, they need to do the work. I've done the work for years. Mm-hmm. So the last relationship, I learned the lesson. Mm-hmm. I finally learned the lesson. As you like ending it, I was like, absorb, observe, do not freak out. Don't laugh. Don't get angry. Don't cry. Just see and feel and touch and taste everything that's happening. As I'm telling you, I'm reliving it right there. And mm-hmm. I was like, done. And I cried. I went through all of it. Sure. And I did so much work. But prior to that, I'd done so much work. And I thought I was getting better, which I was. But at the time I met Tim, I'd been um, on my own for 10 months. I was levitating. I was like doing Abraham Hicks. You know, the law of the universe, or the law of attraction. I was reading, I was doing there. I was doing everything. I was in it. Oh, it was doing drum circle. It was great. Mm. So when I met Tim, I even said to him, I said, bad for you, but great for me. And ultimately will be great for you in the end. I'm not submissive and I won't make myself small to make you feel big. Not that he was asking. I said, and I've, you, there's a lot of boundaries. Mm. And, uh, and of course, you know, we tug, you know, there's a tug of war with both well, of you us. Two you know? type A personalities too. Sure. I mean, we're but both I knew. driven and I thought all the exes... But she knows I'm the boss. <laughs> no, she is. I just don't say anything. You know, it's hard to not say we anything. We know our roles and helping, and it works It works well. Well, it was interesting. No, but it was, I'll be really honest about this. No, um, you know, I, uh, I despise it. So I I'm like, if you're going to be really honest, I know, it's just, just be honest. <laughs> so I really feel like 
when we look back at our relationship, there's so much so fast. Like we were working together. He was, you know, ending, you know, a rela- like moving out here and all this stuff. And, and, uh, it was just, we were traveling. We did like 180,000 miles the first, it was crazy. Um, and then COVID happened, the world stopped. And then we got sick. And then after that, it was really, we just meshed and, and we knew we needed to have a different type of dialogue and a deeper dialogue of being able to be together in a closed well, setting. Like it, it's also having the, I've shifted from being a guy working for a treatment center, putting people into treatment and, you know, speaking and on huge platforms and partnering with Jen. But you know what? When we got together, she said, I want the second half of my life to be happy. You know, my first marriage, I got her pregnant, I married her. Second one, same deal, Mm -hmm. you know, but I I did things for the wrong reasons because I thought, okay, pregnant, better stay together, whatever. And this was for all the right reasons Mm -hmm. with Jen and uh, it's good, but you know what? The cool thing is with Jennifer and you're talking to one of the top, one of the most beautiful women in the world, Mm -hmm. you know, Maxim's Hot 100, all these music videos with Tupac and Babyface and Mick Jagger and Lionel Rich and blah, blah, blah. I said, if I want to move to Lincoln, Nebraska and open a pizza place, she said, I'll be right there by your side. I want mm-hmm. you to be happy. If you're happy, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a cool thing in this industry. And it's also, like, know. he's a dude. Like, I mean, like, he's like, you know, they're like fields. Red barns, like fields. Like, tried that. Yeah. And I'm like a girl and like, oh my God, and like, I have a, you know, what am I going to wear? Fashion, you know. Sure, sure. So, and we're totally two different worlds, right? And that's the beauty about life is that so like yesterday, you know, he has to kind of soften up a little bit. So from like yesterday, she Monday, she goes to her hair lady because we're doing our podcast. Yesterday, she goes. And then it's an hour and a half before we're supposed to be here. And I look, I said, I haven't got a text. I said, is this thing today? And I checked. It's and three the, hours the first that I've done date was the 20th. Makeup. The second was the 24th. I said, I think it's tomorrow. Normally, I would have got mad. She's like, okay, no big deal. Yeah. What do you want to do? So we went to the driver's license place because I can get my driver's license uh-huh. back. I haven't had a license in 20 years. We wait in line two and a half hours. I get called up and, okay, do this. And you have to take a driving test. And also they go, oh, got a problem. I'm like, what? <laughs> got a hold from New York. I said, I haven't had a New York driver's license in 30 years. Three hours today on the phone, I find out uh, in New York, I had an Illinois car, and I didn't show them proof of insurance within 90 days. They suspend your license. So I had to pay a $25 fine. So <laughs> we can't go get my driver's license <laughs> at 53 years old that I have not had in 20 frigging years. Hey, that's a victory yeah, right there. I know. I down at, at the DMV, and I was like, okay. So I'm I started getting mad at her. We're sitting in the DMV. I'm, she's not saying a word. I'm I start getting mad. I'm on the phone. I'm like paying bills. And and she's like, what's wrong? I'm like... Do you realize that now it's all about me? I said, do you realize I haven't had a license in 20 years? We're right here, ready to cross the finish line. I need some kudos or something. And she's like, okay, whatever. But yeah. I started to get mad over, this is the way I am. Right, you know, right. Stupid, but. Uh, yeah, and I was I like, and okay, he was like, so and you mentioned 20 years a couple times. I was like, I wasn't with you during those 20 years, so I don't know what you want me to feel about that. Right. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. Just tell me, I'll do it. Good. Sorry you lost that thing in 2008. I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's get ready. What we're going to be doing is start to drive cross country again. You can Woo. take your little lay down flight seats, first class, upgrade to business class. No, we're driving. Want to know why? Because I can't. <laughs> I drive my car and I drive coast to coast. I miss it. 
I went from San Diego to West Palm Beach in three days. Oh, shit. Sure. That's fucking awesome. I want to answer your other question you were talking about earlier. Sorry, we totally go. So that's the thing, though. I know, but that's the thing about what I... That's been an interesting thing for me. What has? They stop. I'm trying to do a cut so then they can cut this part out and then it can start into this. Oh, she's running your show. I know how to do this. It's called acting. Uh, wait. I hate, I hate that good of a fucking editor, but go for it. Um, wait. So what I do want to say, though, yeah. is one of the things that you were talking about acting and becoming a character and sure, doing sure. all that yeah. stuff. Um, that's been an interesting process for me because people are like, how do you do like recovery mm. and be an actress and a model? Like, what's your thing? I'm like, there's no box on me. Like, I, you can't. I don't fit, fit them all. There is no. And I love that. And I own that, that I don't fit them all. However, with acting, it was great. As a model, people either complimented. It was, I was an image, right? Like I was selling, so, like, so I would, we would go into 20s, 30s, 50s, whatever era, right? And it, it's art, like you said. Mm-hmm. The acting, I'm a character. I don't care. Reality shows, woo, that was crazy. I remember Andy Dick told me right before the show came out, Sober House, mm-hmm. when I did it. Um, he said, just know that when you walk in a room, the thing about acting versus reality shows is that everyone will know you and only maybe 20% of people will come up to you. And so I didn't understand what he meant by that until the show came out and then people would come up to me and I think people thought I was a priest because I was so, because of the show and right. what the topic obviously of the show was and the, the truth be told about the show, it was real. You know, you're talking about, you know, people always say, were those shows real? The Sober House and Slugger yeah. Rehabs. And I said, if these shows weren't real, these people deserve Oscars. They really do. There is no way you can act that. It, and you're talking about someone with a brain right now that literally it's a fact. Mm-hmm. Your brain will tell you without a drink or a drug the first year you will die. And it may not say those exact words. It may say it differently. And you're watching them unravel. So people were coming up to me because they thought I was safe for them. And I was taking all this negative energy and it was weighing me down. When people like, come up and start and they stealing start, I mean, the things right they talk about, like That's rape right. last week and this. And I was like, I didn't know what to do anymore. Like I was freaking out. And they real, I realized by doing these shows, I learned to get my power back when people talk to me. If they want to touch, I'm very cautious of that. And mm-hmm. if they do, I know how to like grab it where I'm in power of mm-hmm. the touch. Um, but it's those little things that start adding up on the, like, it weighs you down when you're, we can't, I mean, we have to be very, like, sometimes we have to be cautious of, I say to him, let's, you know, if we get into heated discussions, let's not heat discussion out in public here because people, you know, they'll record it or take it or take a picture of it and then it's out. So, yeah. so, like, that's the thing is, like, the privacy, people are watching me at home. Mm-hmm. They're watching the shows, reality shows is when the first... Of all of and everybody shows. thinks they know you, though. And they're too, in right? bed, yeah. you know, they're in bed watching you. So you're in their room, or they're in their living room, and so it well, became, I used to watch you in Maxim's 100. Oh my god! Stop I wasn't it. in bed. I was in the bathroom, in the old squirrel, punching the clown, walking the dolphin. <laughs> well, that's the thing too, is that people, you know, we we go, we watch those shows or whatever it is, and people forget. It, like you mentioned with even like blow or anything there's so much shit that makes the cutting room floor that's not in there the producers the, the, the directors they're telling, telling the story and the narrative as they see fit and they're leaving so much out and they're probably missing so much of the humanity too because they got to get the juicy shit because yeah. that's what our brains naturally cling to shitty shit that's your headlines for your new well, daily news yeah. and they don't see all the genuine loving moments that happened that we, the audience, didn't see that was there. 
and not really knowing or understanding well, the process. There's been things too, Jen was telling me, I don't remember what, that she had been on set filming for two or three months and her got paid, but her whole piece never made the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man on the Moon. Yeah. Oh, With, really? Uh, Jim Carrey. I played uh, one of his girls uh, in as Andy Kaufman. Mm-hmm. So at, at the comedy store. I'll be oh, there. Yeah, it was awesome. I was so hoping you did the. Yeah, gotcha. I was hoping maybe it was oh. around the uh, uh, Jerry Lawler with the wrestling oh, stuff. Yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Okay. let's awesome. talk about let's talk about the. Uh, I loved it. Re-interview. Why don't wait, you wait, tell, wait, wait, no, this... no, let's talk about the uh, music video you walked off because oh. of your ego. Let's talk about no. Why? Because I don't want to talk about it. Why wouldn't you talk about that? Talk about it. Let's go. It's a good one. <laughs> this is where you two can I love you guys, man. I love you guys. No, it's I just, a great. It's, I can't believe you're bringing this out of me right I now. I've never told the story. Tell it. It's a great it was gonna story. Be, okay. oh, Knocking doors video. down exclusive. No, this is. <laughs> so I do this music video stories. with this guy who I don't know, and his name is Tupac. Right? Oh, I did this music. So I, 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 I did do that video. So, uh, yeah, I didn't. Slightly familiar. Name sounds familiar. I'm one of the most prolific human beings I've ever met in yeah. my whole life. I'm in all his books. Yeah, which you've is met cool. I mean, like, George the one him, <laughs> Yeah, him on the motorcycle with the bandana. I'm the girl behind him all the time. Like, I, oh, I was play, it California Love? No, all it's about uh, all about oh, you. And I'm oh, oh, the oh, motorcycle, Egyptian, the cop that arrests. Okay. I play all these different girls, but I'm on the runway. Uh-huh. And then I transform into these the nicest guys. So then I get this other music video... Um, a few years later by another rapper and he was up and coming he just had his a new song out a new al- album out and uh, I'm getting paid I mean I can't even tell you a, f- a lot a fuck ton a fuck ton a like a lot of money to show up so 9-11 happens mm-hmm. so they cancel that and they say come back it, they're gonna do it and it's like a week or two later it's kind of blurry so I show up on that set and in the video, I play a Latin girl and I have to stir this thing and say like, you know, the la- the beans or something. I don't remember the exact lines. It's in the song. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I'm all like, you know, highfalutin. I was like, no one told me how to do that. I had to say that. What are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, they were like, no, you. it's the video. I'm like, that's degrading. Like, how dare you say that? I wouldn't have done it. You know, I'm getting paid a shitload of fucking money. It's a music video. Can you say who it was, was for? Oh, okay. Sweet. That's why I'm straight. I'll watch out. And I was like, I'll sit back and bake. So I'm like, I'm not doing this. So I throw a fucking tent. Now, mind you, I'm using at the time. I'm sober there, but I'm in my active addiction yet again. You want to know who it was? I do. Jay-Z. Oh, fuck. Girls, girls, girls. That sucks that it didn't work out for him. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? I think he Oh, my God. Do you know? Okay, so I couldn't remember the name of the song recently we were girls. talking about. So oh. then I run into my girlfriend, Carmen Electra, who was there that day and had, oh, like, uh, her hair on beads. I go, you and I, I walked on a set. You were there. We were doing this thing. I stormed off. I threw a fit. Da-da. What was the name of Jay? She's like, you want that? Oh, my God. It was you. Jay Z, and I'm like, yo, it was me. I, <laughs> I, I could have said Jay Z and Tupac. There's been, I won't get into it now, but there's been readings with A list actors that she partied too much and didn't show up to. 
that she would have had the role. And, and my career went one so way, and that other person's career. I'm just career glad Jay Z ended up doing okay for us. I know, yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> worked, worked out for but I, you know, See, for that's where my thinking hard. was like. Like, I literally didn't know who I was, that, like, I could, like, now you want me to put a hemorrhoid in, like, in my butt? And I'll do it on camera right now. Like, I don't care. Who the fuck did I think? Like, the no's that I said in my life. I could be like, oh, you would die. I mean, yeah. interesting thing. Been there. We're with uh, Darren Prince, who you yeah, had yeah. on the show. I love that. A couple years yeah. ago, and we're at Nobu having dinner, and Lionel Richie. And yeah, you guys are with him for a sobriety date, right? Yeah, well, yeah. he's a good friend of ours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Lionel Richie and his team are sitting right next to us. So I said, wait till. And we ended up. So he's like, there's Lionel. I'm like, I said, just, I said, the just whole wait. restaurant, the whole time. So we kind of got up to leave at the same time, and I went up to him. I said, hey, Lionel. <laughs> We were engaged at the time. I said, see that beautiful lady over there? It's my fiance. He said, yeah. I said, do you know her? He goes, why do I recognize her? I said, that's Jennifer Jimenez. She did a music video with you. He's like, oh my God, Jen. Gives me a huge hug. We sat there and talked with him for 20 minutes. One of the nicest people. Great. These two couldn't remember the video. Yeah, I could. We they both, remembered we were the like, location like, we were on, on the, the building rooftop. in LA, Downtown, but they couldn't like, remember oh, yeah. the name of the video. I know I was there, but I yeah. just yeah. can't remember. Yeah. And I was sober. Like, yeah. <laughs> I so was, was there, and uh, yeah, Lionel, yeah. you were there. But what a nice, just kind. And, and here's the thing I've met a lot of people, obviously, because my, they're just people. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned someone earlier that's not on social media. See him all the time. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it just. They're just people, yeah. you know, they, they poop and pee and this, but uh, on the flip side, there's a lot of them because we do interventions too mm-hmm. that are so lonely that live right up here yeah. in the hills that have $10 million mansions, more money and not a friend in the world because mm-hmm. they are totally lost in addiction. Yeah. It's, it's heart-wrenching. Well, and the sad thing too yeah. is that I know that I don't remember who our discussion was with about this, but there's, they have so many yes people and working around with the, with a big band and lead singer's an alcoholic, but the management's like, just give them a bottle of vodka a day. No more of this two stuff. So they're sitting here, still sending them out of the road because the fucking paycheck's coming in, and they're just so a bunch of yes We were talking about that this, this morning. Keeps I'm smiling so, only because... So one of the... I can't mention names. i got to be very cautious. Sure. But a, 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 an agent got a hold of us to deal with one of their clients who was just off the rails, but then we meet the client's manager... Same situation. We get this individual into treatment. They leave a day later, and I'm like, your client's going to die. We're all afraid we're going to get fired. Client pulls all the purse strings. We don't. You're in a tough situation. So I did a TED Talk, and it's about the dark side of beauty. And, you know, my whole point really was, I mean, there's many points to it, but one of the things was, like, has anything changed from when I was a girl? Like, I was 13 years old, and I was selling sex, and I didn't even know Mm -hmm. what that was. And yet I was, you know, in chaos in my family, home life. And I was trying to be a normal 13, 14 year old girl in public high school. And yet I'm throwing this industry and I'm all over and I'm selling, like I said, selling sex and all this stuff. And I got all the yes ands. And I also got all the threats. So if you don't show up, we're going to drop you. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I had to do things I didn't even know I wanted to, like I didn't even want to do, but 
the yes and people have now converted to the trolls behind the internet. So people who create fake accounts because they're so obsessed with you and they want to just either knock you or like become you. And really ultimately they want to become you. And it's very scary. Or they just want to knock anything because they are so miserable with who they are as beings that it's a sad shame that they have to live in that existence. Yeah. And really like the turmoil and the darkness that comes out of that is so like I don't get I so it doesn't serve me in any way so like I don't even want to go to that direction so when certain people get hurt about things that people are saying like I don't get as hurt because I have more thick skin mm -hmm. like I don't I mean people said every like say what you want I mean, like people say I'm not sober because I was on housewives like that's not true like you know what I mean like the one thing I work harder than anything in my world in the world is my sobriety my me being alive today yeah. because if I'm not sober I'm gonna blow my fucking brains out I'm yeah. gonna tell you that now but it's work oh yeah. I've, been there. I've been there so I, I won't be existing so like when people like I don't know I just think it's so important instead of having saying with saying that that I just want to be more of a light and I want to be around like-minded people and I want to be around people who are the light yeah. and why don't we create the light if we're not finding the light at this moment mm -hmm. and change your there's some I, I mean when Jen came into my life there's so many people I've cut out that mm -hmm. were just hanger-ons suck the life out of you whatever it was and I quit putting so much on social media. Yeah. My whole life, of course, writing a book, everything. I was an open book, but it gets to the point. It's like, you know, I want my personal life to be personal. Mm -hmm. I, right, I, yeah. You know, I don't need my six-year-old daughter's picture shared all over social media because somebody wants to bash you or whatever. It's, But I want to be more private now, too. And people think they know you because they saw Dope Man or they saw Sober House or saw her in a movie or saw her in a magazine coming or follow us on social media. It's like, I don't know you from anything. Yeah. I mean, I had a family call me a couple of years ago, and this guy wanted me to fly to Indiana to testify on his friend's behalf because his friend was going to prison for burglary. And I said, why would I do? Well, he's an addict and alcoholic, and that's why he was doing his habit. And I said, well, I do testify as an expert witness. It's 10000 a day plus expenses. Well, don't you do this for free? I said, so you want me to get on a plane... Uh, with my wife because we travel together and buy tickets and rental car and airfare and hotel and come in and meet with your friend not and work not work and go testify on his behalf so he doesn't go to jail for free well yeah I said your friend <laughs> needs to go to jail <laughs> but people are friggin delusional it's insane yeah. you know I feel like we hear I hear more things in the recovery world aspect not recovery world the recovery industry the calls that like he gets i'd be like why do you go so out of your like i understand like i'm here to be of service yeah but like i if i was the email like because i got it with sober house and Slayer, like it was ten thousand emails a week we didn't know what to do with it mm -hmm. each one didn't know what we were doing Celebrity rehab didn't know. We didn't know what where it was going to happen from that. So I'm like, they want help. They're going to die. And I'm like, I don't work in treatment. I don't know what you want. Like, I'm yeah. freaking out and trying to respond to at least hundred of these people. But people just keep expecting. But they're like, it's your fault if you don't yeah. do something. Yeah. Or the, call, the emails that you like get, a, like, people get mad. Like, if your kid goes into treatment and then they leave treatment and then they pass, it's his fault. It's my fault. Yeah. You're so, it, it, I don't even understand. Don't even come close to me with that because I'm not putting anyone you guys in. I get that. Like that I don't understand with the, the 
the family members, but even the people where I've talked to someone, I'm like, hey, look, I, I know for me, I'm not far enough along to be your sponsor. I can hook you up with people. Right. I can help you with the group if you want to do. I can do that, but I can't do it. Well, man, I'm going to relapse, so I really need you. You know, I need you. And it's like, you're going to relapse because you want to relapse. Right. It's not on me. This is your, your disease, you how right. it's manifested. Where it's, I don't have anything to do with it. You don't. You don't. He doesn't. The only person that's going to save you is you. But if you open your fucking ears and listen to what has worked for people and yeah. try some shit and you might fail. The problem is it's a but fucking yeah, parent. No. This mom's hey, message hey. me yesterday saying my son was friends with your son, my son Nick that died. He's doing this and doing that. And I said, it sounds to me like your son's on meth if he's having these psychotic breakdowns, yeah. talking to the TV. And uh, I said, okay. here's some options. Go here, go here. Try to get him in Chicago Behavioral Health. Well, this and that, and this and that. And I said, look, what do you want me to do? Well, you need to help him. I said, ma'am, I'm in California. I said, call your local police department. Ask to talk to the social worker. They will work with you when he's in a psychotic break. They'll get him into a lockdown psych ward. Then you can get him into treatment. Mm -hmm. But I'm not do I don't do that. People expect me to do this for free. Right. It's not my job. Yeah. No, you want to pay me to guide and direct? I can do that. But it's... That's a problem with this. Isn't it funny how people have this perception? Well, well, you've been on TV and you've been on TV. You know, I think we've got a. Well, you guys do this podcast, so you guys must be rolling. It's like ah, I got a life, right. and I whatever I earn, I fucking earn. Yeah, it's I work. Anybody's business, and yeah. everybody wants to make everybody. It your business. Oh, you charge X amount to speak, and yeah, yeah, I have to hop on a plane and fly there with my wife, and a lot of times it's in Podunk, Iowa, or whatever, and. Drive for three or four hours, stay in some shithole hotel, go present, leave. It's three days. Yeah. Yes, I'm charging ten thousand. I I think that people have got it twisted, though. I must say, like just listening to all this. So when I met Tim, I'm like, God, you're so beautiful. Way open. <laughs> you're the most gorgeous man I know. Can I tell him what you really said? Oh my God! Look, I, no. <laughs> so you know like, the where's the bedroom? <laughs> You know what the hard part is with Tim is that I can't act, react. So if I react, I look guilty. So <laughs> I learned that the hard way. Once someone I do, we go airport. through TSA all the time. Uh-huh. I go in first, right, and like he'll be like, "Man, did you just fart?" Like, <laughs> like, why would me. you fart the machine? And he's like, "Man, man they'll like, that's be cracking up." Shot. I'll be like, "Need to search her." Search her. Or, and we'll go to Target. Start, I'll be like, target. she shoplifts. Watch her. <laughs> this security guard the other day I'll was start like, following her. what do you mean? And he's like, I'm joking. It's my wife. I'm like, wait a minute. Don't listen to her. Because if I say, no, I don't, or that's not me farting, like, the, what are you talking about? To, like, then I look guilty. Yeah. So I just look at him and do this now. I really <laughs> have, You got to have fun, though. I mean, we laugh a hell of a lot more than anything else. I mean, if you're not laughing in life, there's something wrong. Yeah, yeah for you sure. You know, I like to laugh it's with stupid. people, not at them. Sometimes it's occasionally to laugh at a few. No, we laugh funny. so much. I got to say. You got to. In the midst of all the madness. And even when we had got sick last year, like, so we just sometimes just look at each other and start laughing. Yeah. Just start laughing out of control like two little kids. It's so nice. We were just saying something else. What were we just saying? I uh, that you fart in Target. Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> you do. Stop it! Both of just I, I fart Target too. I don't fart Target. <laughs> what do you? No, it's it? okay. <laughs> Why do all the animals follow you? <laughs> oh, you were. T- you know, it's funny. You were talking about like the bullying online and shit. Yeah. Well, I just want to say people have a twisted. You were going. You were saying. Well, hold on. I got to stop. 
This whole recovery oh, thing. This whole recovery. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. You wanted to ask? No, you okay. get sidetracked. So I feel like people have this twisted. It, it, again, like with being in recovery, right, uh, or working in a certain field, you don't have to be trans. I mean, I have to be transparent to the people I'm accountable to. But I don't have to sit here and tell you, like, what underwear I'm wearing and how much I made last year and this and that. Like, Transparency is I'm here to help if you want the help and, and I'm here to like talk about my issues and maybe it'll help somebody else. Yeah. Like, you know, but I think that because you were so transparent, yeah. like it, it, it people hurt it hurts you. And yeah. like I, I kept saying, I don't talk as much as you do. Like I not in public, I'm saying in about my Sure. I learned that I've learned. I mean, I learned the hard way through trial and error being 13 and now being 44. Like I've learned after quite some decades how to now that I'm public, a public figure in a reality show kind of based thing and about recovery, I can show my truth, but I don't need to expose my truth because if something's I'm going through something. I don't want to expose it to you unless I have an answer. So then you can't hurt what's going on with yeah. me. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, well, that's, that's a solid benefit. Like that is, and this guy knows that has been the hard because I'm a people pleaser by nature and learning like fucking boundaries. Oh my God. It's so, and then even thinking I'm setting up a boundary and then realizing because I'm like, no, I'm not going to have to talk about that because it's a boundary, but then it's, oh shit, I should have been transparent with this person. So I hurt them thinking I got a boundary. Whereas, there's a different kind of intimacy, you know? So for me, it's still the, the thing. Like my last relapse was exactly that. Like someone that I cared about wasn't people pleasing yeah. them and they come down on me because it's this toxic relationship. And then, you know, and it's just like, I'm still trying to figure out what that skill is. Like I'll talk about certain areas of it or Mikey knows more probably to nausea where he's like, oh, motherfucker, I know. Can you shut up about it already? But <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's it, it's hard. It's these are hard skill sets to develop. The more you talk about it, the better yeah. it'll be in that sense. And I mean, what I what I mean by that for me is, so I am transparent. I'm honest. But if I don't want to answer something that I, I'm not going to lie about it. I just won't tell you, or I'll know how to escape. You know what I mean? Like I, so I, I don't think that you know I have to be an open book to anyone and everyone. Although I am an open book, and I've been very conscious. Cautious and conscious of that. Um, what you were saying um, about people pleasing and all that, that is like a process, I feel like, because I suffer from people pleasing. I suffer from not feeling I have to wear a mask. And like Tim's been a great um, foundation, a great tower, and a great like safety net for me to be me, especially with, a, you know, my husband, like, and like show all sides. And it's, you know, we haven't known each other for 20 years, but we, you know, so it's like, it's just being very transparent with my partner um, and him just looking at me going, all right. And me doing the same thing back. Like, okay, cool. Like there's no judgment. Yeah. There's no judgment. You know, I'm trying to walk around the world right now with no judgment because there's so much going on. Sure. It's yeah. fucking... Like, I just try to stay out of so much shit now. I'll even read something and it's like, it's not even worth responding to. It's, it's, I'm don't saying, I don't respond I don't. to anything. Like, I'll see something. I'm just like, I'm leaving a lot. The only thing I talk about controversial is the 49ers. 
That's it. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> so I've been open about it on my show, on our podcast, that I've been going through some illness and mm-hmm. some, some medical stuff. Uh, and I have been off social media. Like I went on yesterday. Like I rarely, he, I, I'm not, cause I'm going through things and I have other things going on in life. I just decided to take, like, not like, yeah. oh, I'm not going on no matter what. I just haven't gone on because it's good for us to take breaks it really is so and like when it starts getting really dark out there Mm -hmm. i'm like oh it's too much yeah i would get rid of facebook Mm -hmm. immediately right now if i could unfortunately i've got you know some of our pages and stuff because i want to deactivate mine but it deactivates all my other pages and groups yeah, I try that. I can't. I can't go into the mute mode. You know, I like because then I can't post anything I'll, for the I'll podcast. I'll keep Twitter. Oh. I'll keep Instagram. But I'm really leaning. There's a lot of things I've. Well, changed. I appreciate the one of people, and if you're, you know, if you're wanting inspiration, folks, you do wonderful, great daily posts, and I love them. And for me, they're really cool because it's kind of like my thing, and I. I try most days, get up in the morning, hit my knees, pray, do the, you know, the daily AA meeting, reading or whatever. I'm probably good about, I haven't this week, I've totally faulted, but I love when I see that come up. So, so me, that's, that's, a one, that's, that's, that's awesome. one reason why I haven't done it, because I get a lot of people that say, you know what, you're inspirational, Paul, I just make shit up, or I'll take some copy, a change a word or two, I just, or I'll steal what I had last year posted on this day, but people like it, yeah. and it works, so... Oh, we have, I used to fucking resist all this thing, you know, it'll work if you were. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? But now, like, people like, you know, can you lend any words of advice? It'll work if you work. Yeah. You're yeah. worth it. And I'm like, oh, motherfucker, I'm that guy now. But it, it's true. It's the truth. It's so simple. Getting sober. And that's with anything. Yeah, we just complicate I, I catch myself going, stop, pause, and breathe. And I literally stop. I pause and I breathe. And then I'll go on with days. So, like, that stuff really works. I'm so grateful for those sayings. Yeah. Do you love that everyone you? just stares at your face? Like uh, I did? Like yeah, I was yeah. trying to read them. Thing. You got a pretty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, get, Tim, did, you did serve prison I time. did serve prison I get, time. I get followed a lot by security when I go to stores. Do but you? Other than that, Oh, it's fun. Yeah. Well, I get followed by securities, too. Because I told well, them she's yeah. yeah. That's because you're well, me, I'll, I'll go up to a security guard and say, that lady, I see yeah. her putting stuff in her bag. <laughs> and they'll start following her, and I'll just be sitting there laughing my ass. It doesn't bother me because I did this to myself. I wasn't born this way. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, I did it to, so that's why it's like, whatever, I get it. You know what I mean? I look like I could be a liability walking into a jewelry store or something. So, whatever. So, Nobody's okay. my- I go, he really, I know you got to end this, but I go to grocery stores when he, and he'll be in the car, he'll be at home, and he'll call me and he'll be like, hey, babe, and FaceTime. I'm like, hey, babe, do you need anything to do on FaceTime, right? Yeah. I was a droid, so now I'm uh, iPhone. So all of a sudden he'll go, okay, I love you. Ew, 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 ew. And like, I don't know how to turn this off. Do you know what that's like time and time again? How long with this one? We're at Walgreens. <laughs> you know what? You can throw it back at him and go, and go wait, you needed Viagra and Lubigan. You're right. I should. Volleyball. All righty. Well, we gotta, uh, we're going to do some quick, fun, uh, random questions just for fun and then kind of leave you guys with sure. the final word. Mikey. If you guys were stranded on a deserted island and you had to pick one album, one movie, which one would it be? Well, of course it would be Blow, the movie. <laughs> That's that would be my wife was in. Nice. That would be mine as well. <laughs> For me, God, album. I'm going to go with it's going to be Ramsay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry you didn't say that first. Well, That's what uh, my son, uh, I think we've world. talked a little through Texas, uh, uh, you know, on the autism spectrum. Yeah. And he loves it. His favorite one is. Um, 
Tequero puta. Oh, okay. Well, it's in Spanish. Yes. And, I, and he's like, well, dad, what are they saying? And I'm like, well, actually, son, in a weird way, it's a twisted fucking love song. I was going to learn German just to understand the words, but their greatest, I've never seen it show like Ramstein right. with their pyrotech. It's oh, on their wild. And they were going to play on my birthday here. And of oh. course, it canceled yeah. so next year. But what album would you listen to? I don't even know. I, you know, album I do, I really love. I'm going to be biased. It's the easiest answer I could give. Blow soundtrack. Dope. Great Dope. soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Dope. Yeah. Dope. Soundtrack. Movie, though. Um, probably, I'd have to say The Godfather, because I remember... Which Godfather is it with Marlon Brando? You'll kill a lot of time watching it too, because yeah. it's a long movie. Yeah, and you're the stuck on a deserted movie. island, so yeah, pick a so If I'm on a deserted <laughs> island, I'm not watching a movie. My <laughs> parents—that's the first movie <laughs> I saw—was um, Godfather. I remember the yeah. blood in the bathroom, and I'm like, "Why am I seeing blood in the bathroom?" Uh, it's yeah. really traumatizing. Uh, huh. I'll go to therapy. Oh, okay. kidding. I'm kidding. Good. Uh, favorite curse word? Fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I follow you, so I know. That's there, easy. It, you can use it Twat. in so many ways. Twat? Well, that's, that's a British way of saying it. Well, you know, you could you can fuck off. You can get fucked. I am totally fucked in this situation. Right. Fuck you. Who the fuck are you? I mean, there's, there's so, so many. many wow, that was the good. Right. What the fuck are? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's so many. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, and this is kind of a controversial question. So I asked it to our most controversial. Um. Would you rather fight one horse-sized chicken or ten chicken-sized horses? Wait, wait, wait. One horse-sized chicken or ten chicken-sized horses? I'd go with one horse-sized chicken. Really? Ten yeah. chicken-sized horses. Say, okay. You could just punt the little I'm Yeah, the that's what I was thinking. Stomp When I used to... It's scrap, awful. I'm not a murderer! I just want you to know! One beak, though. I go for the biggest guy. chicken, that beak right? alone. I'm I go for the biggest guy, and once I beat that chicken's ass, I'm gonna eat good. <laughs> That's what wow, I said. That's the best answer I've ever had. I'm not kidding. You're that's amazing. the best answer way I'm looking at it. We were, that's we were talking I was, with yeah. Risa Judice yeah. from the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Yeah. And she's talking about, you know, Italian cooking. That was our thing. I'm like, we're going to kill that fucking chicken and yeah. you're making chicken parm. <laughs> you guys know Andy. Andy Roy was like, I'll fight all those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I love fighting. He goes, bring them all on. Because if it knocks me out, it'll kill you and shake your hand. But if you don't, then you're a bitch and I beat you up. I'm just like, I love them. I love, I love that answer because you know what? When I win, I'm eating good. I love that. That's mm-hmm. perfect. Well, guys, this has been a fucking blast. I'm, fun- guys, I'm glad we finally got it yeah. together and we love able you guys. to sit down. Thank we love you. you guys. Yeah, we Thank love you so much. Thank you, KDA Media show. Company, knocking doors down. I mean, the podcast, 51. 50. It's an honor. Thank you, John. Yeah, thank I mean, you, you guys so are making much. a difference out there. You bring on amazing guests, and we're glad to be part of the Knocking oh. Doors Down family. We're happy oh, to have you guys. But yeah, we like to leave you guys with any final words, encouragement. People are struggling, be it obviously addiction. We've got the, the knowledge in that area from our experiences, or just in general. You've got something you can throw out there, quick little bit of wisdom. Fuck, get out and live life, you know? And if you are struggling, mental health, substance abuse, whatever, Put your hand up and ask for help. The hardest thing is to say, I need help. Then people can circle in and give you the resources and the options. You're not alone. You know, everybody out there struggling with something and enjoy the ride, man. Life is short. Trust me, 53 years old. I'm here to enjoy every day. I'm not here to get caught up. And if you're caught up in the chaos and drama, walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Wife, what's your input? Uh, 
You know, I know in this day and age and, and where the world is right now, how I feel the world is right now, um, is I know that there's a lot of people out there, including myself, that are confused or scared or fearful or in pain or just feel alone or lonely. I encourage you to try to get to know the person you're trying to kill before you kill him or her, because you might realize that you are so loved and that you matter and you're worth it and you're not alone. And, uh, honestly, I can say this with all sincerity is that I can tell you that I love you and I expect nothing in return. And I know we love people and that's what we got to do is just love. And, and, um, and you know, you, you really, that person that you've been trying to hurt for so long, you'll realize is a beautiful gem. Jennifer Jimenez and Tim Ryan, man, oh, you know, it's not just a conversation that made the podcast. There's a lot of this stuff that didn't make the podcast that we had in private. They're just awesome, amazing people, and it, it was such a pleasure to get to know them. It's a hoot, and that's real love, too. Looking at them together, it's just like, man, good for them. Good for them. Uh, you know, if you're just listening to audio and didn't watch on YouTube yet, there's parts where Mikey and I are in tears where they're talking about some of the things that Tim would do where, where, where Jen was at the grocery store on FaceTime and he'd just yell, anal, 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 <laughs> you know, or whatever it is. It's just, I, I don't know. Their they're, goals, their couple, the way they are and the way, that, you know, just everything about them is just fucking phenomenal i love it this one was super fun i say that about all of them but this one was too i thought one of the most beautiful things that tim said about their relationship where he was talking about hey jim jen if i want to move to uh i forget where he said des moines iowa or somewhere like that and open a pizza place she's like yeah i'm on board with you you know you just tell that although there was the fun bickering which they would let us know that that's just who they are there was a lot of really deep love there for one another oh, yeah. and uh, absolutely and it showed through and a lot of deep love for for people in recovery um, and i thought it was really cool that they shared about uh setting boundaries and how important that is so it was uh, a real pleasure hopefully we'll speak to them again down the line yeah buddy Knocking Doors Down, the autobiography by Carlos Vieira. The sale of this book, 100% of all proceeds go directly back to the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free program that's keeping kids in after-school activities, off the streets, away from gangs, and these programs are free to kids in our local community. And it's just a great read. It reads like a movie. It is inspirational. It's insightful. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different stuff in there that it's like, holy shit. So, hey, pick it up. Great read. Something that uh, I refer back to kind of when I have some of those moments. Maybe I couldn't make a meeting or something. Reminds me, hey, other people have been through these thoughts, feelings, and, and things themselves. So, very cool book. And, of course, you can pick that up uh, by uh, clicking that link in the podcast description. And it's also available on Amazon by searching Knocking Doors Down in the books section. Uncle Mikey. What? Anything else, brother? No, I'm going home. On that note, keep knocking doors down. Strengthening communities, providing resources, building awareness, empowering youth in need to overcome adversity and achieve success. This is what the Carlos Vieira Foundation is all about. Through our campaigns, the Race for Autism, Race to End the Stigma, and Race to Be Drug Free, we're able to help so many in need. Our goal is to provide support to families and children and give these families opportunities that might not normally arise. Learn more and find out how you can get involved.
Visit carlosvierafoundation.org today. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the Knockin' Doors Down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.